Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the breakfast show. Now, with Kitzania Singapore set to make a comeback in early 2024. You know, kids, big kids, old kids like us must be jumping with joy. <laughs> I think there's a kid in every one of us. And I think for many parents, they are looking forward to this. Yet another option for them to check out. Of course, Kidzania has been around and they are coming back next year, sometime early mm, next year. So I'm right. looking forward to that. I guess uh, it is also good news with more job opportunities expected with its reopening. On our C-suite Mind Job Business today, the man behind the return of Kitsania Singapore to our shores at Sentosa Island. Yeah, and he's actually had a bit of a journey personally, an interesting journey. And this is a ride through, you know, first, a bit of a humble beginning. You no know, mm-hmm. family of nine grew up in Penang. Wow. So he and his siblings really worked together to help their mom run the poultry farm to provide for the family. And then in the next 30 years, fast forward, he has these designed and completed over 300 theme park and water park projects in the Middle East, Europe and Asia. So it's a huge jump from those beginnings to where he is now. And its annual revenue is around 16 million Sing dollars. Net profit, 5 million Sing dollars. What sets him apart is not just his achievements, it's his unyielding stance against corruption and unwavering commitment to integrity. Yep. So on my own business, uh, we take a closer look behind the scenes into who the person is behind the role, the personalities behind it. And we are chatting with Sim Chu Keng, founder and chairman of Sim Leisure Group, a well-established operator of theme parks listed on the SGX. Welcome to the show, Sim. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. Hey, Sim, it's really a pleasure having you here on the show. And you run a theme park, so I've got to ask you, what is your favourite theme park ride, you know, game or attraction that you always go back to? Well, uh, I'm going to be a bit biased. The best ride is um, the longest two water slide that we have built. And I've been on it again and again and again. Every time I go to visit a park and I would sit on the tube again. It is 1.1 kilometer long and it runs through the rainforest and it's a different feeling. Mm. Okay, I'm going to take you down memory lane for a bit now. From helping out at your mum's poultry farm to running a theme park empire today, how did it all begin? Uh, I suppose we are all product of our circumstances. I'm not the only person that has this. I think many entrepreneurs also. Uh, it is, number one, it's uh, the poverty. I think poverty is a blessing to me. My mother had to feed nine of us. You know, She was not literate. So, you know, those days, if you're not literate, you don't, you didn't send a chance of getting a job. So mm. to feed nine of us, the only thing she could think of was uh, to leave off the land. And uh, we were squatting on uh, farmland. So poverty gave rise to the, uh, the need to improve life, to fend for yourself. And, you know, poverty, I saw, you know, how my mother did it, the desire to be, to improve life, to be uh, someone, to be better. When you are at the bottom, you dream to be someone. Sim, you started working at a local butterfly park. Is that how it all started? That's right, yes. That was by chance, yeah. 
Actually, the dad has got a link to uh, Singapore. One of the owners is that uh, the partner is actually a Singaporean, and he owned the Butterfly Park, the former Butterfly Park in Sentosa. There was an opportunity in uh, a uh, theme park, the first water park in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So uh, I joined them, and that was the opportunity, and I was the first the uh, operations manager. But I, I only worked as an employee for three years in my life. Mm. I, I felt that I, I didn't fit into this corporate world. I didn't fit into group thinking. I was yeah. too creative and I was too opinionated. So uh, then I felt that, uh, well, I had to be on my own. I had to do my own stuff. You know, I didn't fit into the group thinking. Yeah, uh, you definitely strike me as someone who thinks out of the box and a bit of a no, non-compliance streak. And I'm just looking at an interview you did a decade ago and you described yourself as still a big kid and you still have the nostalgia for those carefree days back in the day when you were at a farm, you no know, climbing trees, swimming, swimming from ropes. Now, how has that upbringing and that journey early on in your life shaped you to become where you are right now in terms of how you apply your values at work? Well, uh, first of all, things have not changed. I still have not grown up. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a kid. I'm a kid in an older person's body. I'm still playful. I'm still, you know, I, I play pranks. I joke, <laughs> uh, and uh, that's my nature. And um, being a, me being in a, being a, a kid in a kampong, so uh, that I had the most fantastic childhood uh, living in a kampong, and uh, those were the days where you would go out to play early in the morning and uh, on the weekend, especially uh, no school, and my mother wouldn't just make sure that I come I would come back for dinner so uh, and uh, play had um, the word play had a very important uh, part of my life my business because play gave me the uh, the creativity we were playing and we were finding solutions we didn't have a swimming pool for instance we, we stacked stones in the stream and uh, we create the beaver dam and we had a swimming pool we didn't have money to buy goggles so we would uh, tie ourselves I still remember tying myself with a plastic bag and diving into the <laughs> Ooh. So uh, uh, improvisation and you know life skills. A lot of life skills are learned from playing as a kid. And um, I still, because of that, I continue to uh, make toys. Uh, except these toys are much bigger. So, for example, now de- designing the tip bucket that will tip, and we want to see who's the last man standing because mm. the bucket is going to wash, you know, everybody away. So that's that's just kind of a kid's thinking. We created uh, many things out of kids' creativity. For example, the the banana flip, which is uh, a proprietary to us, a banana flip. It's a slider, send you airborne, and you can do somersault. You can do whatever style uh, landing in the pool. Okay, Sim, we want to talk about your stand, rather, against commissions and kickbacks given to tour and taxi operators. You've once launched a tourism scam-free campaign to change that. What motivated you to take a strong stance against corruption? You know, I uh, I saw this uh, as a kid when I was a a kid. Uh, the uh, the local uh, village chief used to come and uh, trouble us, my mother, so that uh, you extend up with, because there were nine of us. We had lived in a small hut, so we every time we expand the, the house to for nine of us, the house has to grow bigger. And you know, we also had the chicken farm, and uh, so this man used to come over and trouble my mother. And uh, you know, my mother would invite him to have tea, and then wrap. Packets. I saw this myself. Mm. You know, that made me think, well, I didn't, as a kid, I didn't know 
what was right and what was wrong. But later in my life, when I saw very sharp contrast when I live in a different country, I, I spent six years in uh, in Dublin, where I saw yeah, no such thing. You know, people are more straightforward, and there is a thing called conscience. So uh, I decided that this is not the way when I started business. And also I saw corruption when I was working as an adult during my three years. And that really, that's one of the reasons as well. It's not that I didn't fit into the corporate, but that part of corporate as well. So I left and uh, I wanted to fight and uh, I didn't want to do that. But of course, not part of the system. It makes your job harder, your business harder. And that's how we ended up in, uh, you know, we moved out to the Middle East. Mm. to Dubai and uh, we seek level playing field well my business started in this region and I left I went and seek level playing field and that has uh, made us much stronger because you have to compete in a free market environment you are competing against the best earlier you mentioned about 300 projects that's how we compete in the last 30 years and back to the kickbacks and the tourism scam I was shocked when we first opened the the park and I saw you know people coming in and asking for their so-called commission Mm. That's not commission. That's bribes. You know, people conveniently label it as commission. If it is a commission, it has to be, you know, above board. Yep. It has to be reported. But this is under-counter money that yeah. has been going on for so long. And uh, I think well, some I businesses to, have uh, yeah. brushed it off as cost of doing business to some extent. So when you run your own company, Sim, how do you make sure you have a culture of integrity and honesty with your business? Now, what are some of the policies and the way you help to operationalize your values in your company? Oh, well, first of all, uh, an employee comes in, they go through, the person will go through the induction and uh, top of their agenda is uh, integrity. The person has to give the integrity pledge to the company. We warn people, uh, staff, our series, we look at it and we wouldn't mind even, even you know, we have reported people been taken away for taking a few ringgit. Mm. You know, we had one incident of uh, somebody taking a few ringgits from uh, a customer. So that sets an example. We are corruption bribes make us very weak because you're not competing in the free market if you have to bribe, which explains that some of the tourism industry in this country is very weak because everybody focuses on how much to bribe. They never focus on how to improve their product. Sim, we're running out of time. So very quickly before we let you go, one of your personal missions is giving talks and reaching out to young adults to inspire them to become entrepreneurs. What would you say to aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, I think there is no shortcut in life. But the reason why I want to do that is because we need to be on top of the uh, food chain. We have uh, let the uh, the future generation down. It's very standard. Always the government always say that uh, we have investment coming in. You know how many billions and how many jobs we are going to create. One of the things they always forget is that we need to be on top of the food chain. We need to be able to create jobs. We need to be able to own IPs, we need to be able to uh, create economic spin-off. And uh, the future generation need to be aware of such opportunity rather than being foot soldiers in companies. Well, we've been chairing Sim Chukeng, founder and chairman of Sim Leisure Group. Sim, thank you so much for your time today and we are looking forward to you bringing back even more great projects uh, and also new projects to Singapore. Thank you. We look forward to come back to Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.